No, I, I don't, I don't want you to be serious. That's too much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to Preacher Lab. It is the week of Sunday, November 7th, 2021. And I have the privilege of talking with the funny, sarcastic, loving Florida State fan, Scott Smith. <laughs> Scott, Hello, thanks Will. for coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Oh, gosh. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I know we talked a little bit earlier, but yeah. uh, going a little deeper, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I just want to start. What are you preaching on this week? Where are you headed? Where are you going? No clue. It's, it's not Sunday morning yet. I'll figure it out. Sunday, right? Isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Hey, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's not that's not me. I'm not the guy. I'm not the Saturday night, Sunday morning, figure out uh, thing. So this, this Sunday, I'll admit, um, we're, we're, in, we're in a series on Philippians, the letter to the Philippians. And I, I thought uh, on October 31st is All Hallows Eve and November 1st is All Saints Day. So I, I worked the scripture passage of Citizens of Heaven. Uh, which we did last week, and it was excellent. And then my staff and everybody's coming to me a couple months, weeks later, go, or you know, weeks ago, going, "Yeah, All Saints Day is always celebrated the first Sunday in November." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So we switched things up a little bit. So we're preaching this week. I'm preaching. I'm still in Philippians, but the plan was to preach on that Philippians four passage about uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Uh, uh, do not do not worry. That's the NRSV says. Do not worry, uh, and I'll be playing on that. And and the uh, other translations say, be anxious for nothing. You know, uh, with prayer and supplication, present yourself to the Lord. The peace of the Lord be with you. And then think on these things. Whatever's true, and noble. That's what I'm preaching on. Um, and uh, we're tying it into All Saints. Kind of talking. We're gonna have some saint stuff. We have we have some saint liturgy uh, that we'll be doing beforehand. Uh, but then the, the point of the sermon really is I looked up, I mean, that do not worry. You've got to be freaking kidding me. Really rejoice in the Lord, celebrate the Lord. Do not worry. He cannot mean. And so I did a lot of research on that. And, and actually the, the do not worry. I learned this, but it's always good to learn something when you're preaching. Um, I learned um, the, the old English root word for worry means to strangle or tie in knots. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, how many of us tie ourselves in knots over stuff we shouldn't? But then uh, then doing the research on uh, be anxious for nothing, um, the actual understanding of that word that Paul uses there is uh, don't be pulled in different directions. And so the point of the sermon is, is uh, you know, Jesus and Paul and all those, you know, because Jesus also said there are lots of scripture passages where Jesus says don't worry about tomorrow, right? Uh, they're not telling us, you know, to hakuna matata everything. Um, but actually, where's my focus? Uh, saints were of one mind. Uh, and we've been going through Philippians, you know, be of one mind, be like Christ Jesus. Are we focused on, on God? And so really, and we have a 1% challenge we're doing right now. I can tell you about later on. But this 1% challenge of, you know, how much time are you giving to God? And for our church, the community I'm in, you know, how much time are you, you want to compare your thoughts? Are you pulled in different directions? Are you, if you were to compare reading the Bible and prayer and devotional life, and, and you take down every church Christian thing you do all week and compare that to how many hours you watch Fox News, <laughs> where are you at? And why are you spinning out of control? Or how many hours are you on social media? And I'll throw in to be fair, how many hours are you on CNN, et cetera, but but you start paying attention to our, 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 we're pulled in so many different directions because we allow ourselves to do that. And then I've got a quote I'm going to kind of end with. There's a quote from Henri Nouwen that's really good and that somebody sent to me. It's long. But then also there's a shorter quote, too, that's very similar um, from Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Um, and, and that that quote uh, from Dumbledore and, and Harry Potter, and I can't remember right now what book it's from, but it says, happiness can be found 
even in the darkest places, if we only uh, remember to turn on the light. And, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to switch it up because our, our series is joy, generosity, and gratitude. I'm going to say, you know, joy can be found even in the darkest of moments if we choose to focus on the light kind of thing, be a one mind. That's that's where we're going this week. Oh, man. that That is, oh, gosh. So is this like a, is this a stewardship sermon or is this just Philippians or do you have? Yeah, we, we, um, I, 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 I got sick of how grumpy everybody is. Um, maybe your community is not. Maybe the people listening here, their people are deep followers of Jesus Christ and are loving everybody and kind and supportive. But my community is pissy. Um, they are grumpy about everything. And, you know, and I realized we, we were doing some discussion back in, in uh, spring and summer. We, you know, let's quit. Let's just focus on joy. And I love the book of Philippians. It's, Paul Paul loved that church. He was happy with that church. And so we've been, we decided we we're going to do this series on Philippians, calling it Joy That Expresses Itself in Gratitude and Generosity. So we've had some stewardship components, um, and we'll move into Thanksgiving here with some gratitude moments, all that kind of stuff. But really looking at the joy, and I'm in every week I've been doing the stupid, you know, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where in our church is horrible because I'm like, you got the joy, 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 joy. And they're like, down in your heart. I'm like, that's the problem, you people. You're like, you're not joyful. You don't care. You're like, you're, you're, we, we see joy as external when it's internal. And yeah. we've really been pushing uh, that Philippians starts off with, you know, your saints and, and, and Paul, the first few verses, I mean, God loves you. And, and one of our tags is God loves you, period. You're loved by God. And then, but then Paul throws in those curveballs of you got to live a life worthy of the gospel. You got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And what we've been talking about is we have the love of God in us. We got to let God work in us so God can shine through us. And we've been using a lot of that imagery um, and trying to help help people be joyful, even though whatever. So, yeah, yeah. And we we we're doing this. It tied into a sermon. I can't remember several weeks ago about one percent challenge. Uh, about living a life worthy of the gospel. And, and the problem, oh, that was it. The problem is, I mean, you know, we're supposed to be like Jesus. Paul literally says, be like Jesus, you know, be of the same mind and attitude of Jesus. I mean, yeah, no. I, I mean, it's just, that's overwhelming to think, you know, be like Jesus. He, he, he on the cross said, Father, forgive them, right? In the moment, in the moment he's asking for forgiveness. I'm like, six years later, I'm still grumpy with people. I mean, I so, um, but I can do 1% more. And we came up with 1% of your day is 15 minutes. Can you read 15 minutes every day of scripture? And then we're doing a Facebook live answering questions as you're reading scripture. 1% of your week is 1.68 hours, which is about 90, let's just say 90 minutes. Can you give an hour and a half each week to a small group study group or service group? And then 1% of giving, can you put God, can you move your giving 1% kind of thing? So we've been pushing that as a, it's it you know good we're united methodist good methodist uh, you know sanctification uh, we're moving on to perfection we're working our way to holiness so one percent this year yeah how how is the congregation taking to that one percent kind of thought because it seems like it's a little it's a little more bite-sized it's like right that's it that, yeah. yeah we've got a lot of good feedback uh yes and like i i i um Google told me, so you know it's true, um, <laughs> that uh, the average American can read 200 to 250 words a minute. So if you just, let's just say 200 words a minute, you're on the lower, you're, you're a lower average person. That's 15 minutes times 200 is 3,000 words. The book of Philippians is 2,900 words. 
Yeah. You, you can read in 15 minutes, supposedly, right? Uh, they've really taken to that um, and doing some online discussion questions because with reading scripture, I don't know what I'm reading. I'm like, well, then ask questions. I'll answer them. Um, the the we uh, the signing up for small groups has has been good. Uh, you know, some of that. Really, our big thing is people are, people are, in, are willing to take on some service projects. That's been our big thing. Now, I can't tell you about giving because we started that October first. And so my team, uh, they were going to have a report on Monday that'll show us how, what the giving has, is there been significant shifts on that? I have had several people email me telling me, all right, we made a decision to move to that. So, yeah. And you do, you do something on Facebook or live stream on Thursdays yeah. or something or Fridays? Yeah, or? we do. That's it. That we do. We do a Facebook live because, uh, well, we're just, we're experimenting. Facebook live is turning your questions to us and we answer them. Some people email them in, some people do them in the moment. The ones that they do in the moment scare me because <laughs> I go off on tangents. I say stuff I'm like, Oh Lord, here we go. So how, how, how has that been? How, how many times have you done that? Three or four. Okay. Uh, it's, it's been good. Uh, I, I average, I average about two to three questions a week get sent to me. And then usually one or two people questions. Um, we, our communications person, th- th- this is his brainchild. Uh, and he, he's been really pleased. I mean, he tracks all the metrics and engagements and he says he, we, we're continuing to see an uptick on that. So we're trying to experiment a little bit more with that. Yeah. That's, I think, I think it's a great idea, but it, I, I can, I can feel some of that, that do not, do not have anxiety or worries. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so so tell me kind of the process. We, I mean, you talked about kind of the the Philippians and kind of how yeah. you plan it out. What's the process for the the week, or how do you prepare for? for yeah, this no, week? see, see that that's where you know you know you and I were talking about this different. I, I, I preach without using notes, and I try to make it look like I'm winging it, you know, kind of fun in the moment. And I am. I'm very intentional about being in the moment, uh, but I, I'm actually one of those. I'm going to prepare a lot, preachers. Okay, um, I, I start like right now. All my sermons are planned out through uh, Lent. Um, I generally do two or three times a year, uh, myself and a few others from our church. We kind of pray and talk about what we need to preach on, what are our topics and things. And sometimes we follow lectionary with like Advent and Lent season and all those times. But I plan it out. So like back in May and June, we we decided we wanted to do this joy, fun kind of thing. Uh, a, a sermon that wasn't beating people up or a sermon that wasn't making people, you know, oh, whatever. And uh, we, we planned it out. And what that means is I have the scripture main points and kind of like a paragraph that I can send out to our worship group. And then um, then the week of so I've already done a lot of research. But then the week of uh, preaching, uh, I, I learned several years ago that Mondays royally suck. Um, I, I, I just they just I know I'm not I'm, I don't I'm not. I, you don't want to meet with me on Monday mornings. My staff knows, do not see Scott Monday morning. That's just going to go poorly for you. So what I started doing was, why not do a lot of your research and prep? So I do most of my research and prep Monday, um, write my sermon. So, so my Monday schedule is usually, I don't have anything until after lunch. Uh, and we'll do a lot of sermon writing then. I, I'll admit, um, you were not talking about this earlier, I love preaching um, and it's easy for me to preach. It is easy for me to write. It It just is. It's just a gift. I have some of my friends say it takes them so many hours. Like, dude, it's just, it just, it's easy. Uh, most, uh, most days there are some that I'm like, crap. Um, but, uh, so I work it out Monday and then Tuesday afternoon at three, we have what we call sermon pitch. 
I have a group of about six people. Uh, everybody's there. It's seven people uh, that meet with me, and I go over the sermon. No way. Uh, I kind of, I kind of have it typed up a little bit and send it out to them. And go, all right, here's what I'm going, and they share their feedback and their thoughts. Uh, we always, always kind of, I run through it, and then I say, you know, look, give me your thoughts, your suggestions, um, your critiques. But as always, I reserve ultimate veto power. <laughs> Um, I'm very intentional about having some females in that group because I'm I'm about as white male oriented as you can get, um, and I and so that I need I need to hear some female voices to change up some of my um, stories and and conversations and things like that. Uh, and, and what I love is generally uh, there's somebody there that we invite, and, and the group changes periodically. Uh, but generally, there's I mean it's always my worship leader, my youth director, uh, my connecting person. Uh, communications person, but uh, I love having somebody who's new to the faith because yeah. they they ask questions. I'm like, oh, great, I didn't think about that. So yeah. I pitch it to them on on Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday afternoon, and sometimes there sometimes there there's uh, sometimes there are lots of critiques, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> changes, yeah. uh, and and a lot of times I, I incorporate them. Uh, some I don't, but most I do. And then by Wednesday morning, um, it, it sent out to our tech teams so they can be ready and, and worship teams and all that. So. so okay, hold on. So how long? How did you start doing this? Is this something that you've always done? Is this something you grew into? Yeah, or? I started that. Let's see. It actually is a pretty cool story. I, yeah, I should have thought to tell you that. Uh, Two thousand and four. So yeah. I, I was doing it. I was doing a new. I did a new church start um, in in near Disney World, and it was Easter week. And my worship leader, Kaylin, and I were arguing about, I, I just couldn't, it was one of those Sundays where, I mean, Easter, there's a lot of pressure if you're not aware of that. There's a lot of pressure to be good on Easter. <laughs> and you're limited because you you have to preach on the resurrection. I mean, you can't pick, you can't pick the story of the woman caught in adultery that Sunday. It's got to be the resurrection. We'll go to James. Let's go to James. Exactly, right? You know, <laughs> so, um, and it was what it and I kind of had my sermon written, and I, I I knew it sucked. This is like Wednesday afternoon. I knew it was horrible. <laughs> we're in the office, and we 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 were a new church start, so we just had a big room that was an office for like four people. So my worship leader and my youth director started talking to me about stuff. And then we were in the middle of getting ready to do a building campaign, and our building coordinator came by, and he stayed, and this other guy stopped by. And for like two hours, we sat in my office, and we argued, and we talked, and they asked questions. And all of a sudden, my sermon was birthed out of that. Wow. And the next week I'm kind of writing my sermon by myself going, uh, I like people. I'm a group guy. I'm, uh, and so we just uh, started what we called sermon pitch and we invited people to come and join us on that. Started that in 2004 and I've been doing it at a community of faith where I did, where I used to serve. We did it on Wednesdays. Uh, here we do it on Tuesdays because my worship staff here needed a little more prep time as they said. <laughs> So, you, I mean, you have to have a lot of your stuff done then by Tuesday. You yeah. pretty much have to have like your first draft by Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, a, done, I'm, I'm done writing my sermon for the most part uh, Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. Yeah. Has there been a, has there ever been a time in which you bring something and they're just like, oh, no, yeah. that is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. There have been, been some moments where but there was a time where I wouldn't type it up. I would write it out on a big whiteboard. And um, I remember a couple of times where I would write it out in black or purple ink or whatever. And we'd use red ink, red magic marker or yeah. 
to do it. And there are a couple of times it looked like Jesus's blood had been poured all over there. We need to be washed white or snow or something. Cause I'm like, crap, you know, I thought this was really good. And they, um, you know, a lot of times it's not the theological moments. It's the illustrations don't work or why do I, I, I why do I need to hear this sermon? Yeah. That, that's been the best part for me is, you know, sometimes to have, you know, one of my folks go, yeah, so I listened to this. What do you want me to do because of this or what? Need? I'm like, oh, well, then that totally missed them. If you don't know what I want out of this, if your sermon, if the sermon hasn't led you somewhere, it, yeah. it's not good. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you've got Monday and Tuesday uh-huh. and Tuesday after they give you your feedback, do you, you work on it some more? What yeah. happens next? Yeah. I work on it some more. I mean, I, I generally, um, you know, I generally just type it up. Okay. And it's, it's, it is, it's, 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 I mean, it's manuscript. Okay. Um, now I want to be clear on this when I say that, um, I, I didn't realize the gift I have. If I write something down and type it out, I, I can almost virtually see it in my mind. Uh, okay. like I, I can, I can see. And, and, and then what I love about it is, so if I'm done, usually sometimes Tuesday afternoon, I can be driving to visit you, you know, and, that sermon will be in my mind and you can kind of spin in there a little bit. Kind of okay. Okay. Now, so, so you're doing this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What, if you have a, this photographic memory, which is, I'm really jealous because. Yeah. It's pretty close to photograph. It's not true photograph, but it's pretty close. So what happens Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, I do a lot of church work, you know, normal preacher gear. Friday's a day off. There's usually you know, barbecue, maybe a drink or two. Saturday is whatever my wife, we're going to the Alifax Art Festival. Okay. Um, you know, but the sermon kind of always spins in there. Okay. And then Sunday morning, I get up. Um, I'm in a covenant group. There are eight of us in that group. And we text each other every Sunday morning about our sermon, you know, stuff and have a good time with that. But Sunday morning at 630, I'll, I'll read through my sermon. I'll go to church. I get to church usually 730-ish. I'll read through it one more time. Usually what I do is a lot of what, what I, I, I haven't been doing recently with the pandemic because uh, of just some stuff. But when the band was practicing, I would just kind of be over where I in, in an area. You can hear all the music playing. So it's loud. and I can just talk my sermon out. I need to I, when I say I read it, I don't read it internally. I read it out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so I process it out here kind of stuff. So do you have the manuscript on, on wherever it's your office or something that you're looking at, or is this something that it's kind of internalized? Oh, when I'm on, on, on Sunday morning, I have the manuscript in front of me and I'm kind of scrolling through it kind of okay. saying, yeah. okay. But then when I preach, I, uh, and the truth of the matter is I, I started using notes my very first Sunday. I stopped using notes my very first Sunday as an associate pastor okay. because the senior pastor said, you know, so-and-so used to preach here. And he never used notes. I can't do that. But they get on to me about that. And I'm like, well, I'll not use notes. I'll screw y'all. <laughs> and it just works for me. Now, I don't I want, I don't stay true to my notes. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I will chase a squirrel and go around the bend and something will happen and I'll respond in the moment. So and, and our tech team, you know, they, we're, we're one of those churches that puts the bullet points every now and then up on the screen. And they're like. You, you're out of order, you know. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, they joke that Phil Routon used to preach at our church years before I got here, and he's phenomenal. He's one of the best preachers I've ever heard. He's exact opposite of me. Uh, I mean, stand in one place, real smooth and calm. And they would say his sermon. He didn't use notice either. 
His sermons never varied. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 11 o'clock. They were the same. You're not that way, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, I mean, I'm imagining that you, since you've been going through it so much, I mean, it's been done since Tuesday and it's been rattling around in your head, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, you know where you're going on Sunday. Uh Like when you're preaching, you know, I'm going to go point A, point B, read Philippians here, say this quote here. So, I mean, I imagine that these tangents, like, yeah, you're in the moment and you feel that's where spirit's leading you, but you always know that next bullet point. Right, right. And the tangents, I don't chase a random tangent that doesn't have anything what we're doing. It 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 is a tangent. I'm like, oh, that was. And I'm really good. I mean, I'm an extreme extrovert. So I'm not the pastor that's in my room before the service. I'm out chit-chatting with everybody. <laughs> and if somebody says something to me on like, like um, we did a remember your baptism last week as part of the citizens of heaven thing I was talking about. And one of one of our church members walking in and goes, <laughs> She goes, remember my baptism? You know how old I was when I got baptized? You know how old I am? I, I can't remember. I can't remember. And, I, and I, so I said, you know, some of y'all, I'm not saying any names, Ann Smith, but some of y'all told me you can't remember your baptism because it's so long ago. That's the problem. We forget we're baptized. We forget, you know, so I, I'm good in those kind of moments stuff. Yeah. And, but it seems like that's, that's authentically you. So you, yeah. you can't preach like Phil Routon. You have to oh, preach like well, that, Scott that, I know the question is coming up later. I'll just jump to it. You, you said uh, one of the things you sent me to think about was what do you want other preachers to know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. the two things I would say because you said one, but I'm I'm taking attention. I'm gonna do two. Uh, <laughs> one is just that be you, be authentically you. Uh, you know, if you have if if you stand up in front of a group of people on a Sunday and have the audacity to believe that God has spoken to you to proclaim the word then be you. Don't try to be some other preacher. Uh, that's when you get into trouble. When you try to emulate whoever you think's a great preacher, you're not authentic. You're not true to who you are. Uh, and so be you. And that's, you know, there, there are some moments, uh, somebody's like, Oh, I want to preach like you. I'm like, you can't, you got you, you got to preach like, you got to preach like you. I mean, you know, and um, I, I was, uh, you know, in the Methodist world, there was a little social media blow up a few weeks ago with Michael Beck, uh, his friend of mine, and he posted his, this is how I do on his plane. And everybody kind of jumped on that. There's some people I'm like, I, I don't get into social media wars. Yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous. But I wanted, I wanted to say, y'all lighten up. It may work for him. It doesn't work for you. Fine. What works for me? doesn't work. Just God called us. If God called you, be you. Uh, so I'd say that that's my piece of advice. Yeah. I also say, since we're talking about it, another piece of advice for preachers, be in the moment. Don't be so tied to, I've got to do it this way. Um, you know, I was thinking some of the more powerful moments of ministry and preaching have been where something happened in the service and I just responded to it in the moment. Um, and so, and, and I, I don't know if I just have a unique ability of doing that, but I, I just want to encourage people. Like, I always think there's a great moment at camp. I was preaching at Warren Willis camp, and I had this whole imagery of a, a mirror, and I was throwing rocks at it because you, how we view ourselves. Talking to kids, God sees you as a masterpiece. You were fearfully and wonderfully made that, that we view ourselves through the lens of other people and how, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, you're whatever. Talking to teenagers. And I was throwing the rocks, and I was shattering it. But we had scored the back of it so it wasn't falling apart. It was just making, you know, funky. And the plan was I was going to tell them, this is not who you are. I was going to throw it behind me and grab one that was complete and whole. It's like a four-foot by two-foot mirror. 
And I was going to throw it behind me and grab the new one and go, this is you. This is how God sees you. See you as God's masterpiece. But when I threw it behind me, the entire group at camp went, <gasps> and I went oh, good Lord, I killed somebody. There's a band member behind me. What did I do? You know? <laughs> and I turn around and I just thrown it on the ground behind me. But the lights from the for the band had hit it. And it made this gorgeous mosaic on the screens and on the mirrors and, and everything. I mean, it was it was multiple colored. It was this beautiful, phenomenal mosaic. And I turned around and went, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. When the, you're God's masterpiece, when you let the light of Christ shine in you, oh, gosh. you are beautiful. Uh, you need to let God's light in you. You'll see the light of Christ. You're a new creation. Yeah. What you think you are, look what God can do. And I went, I'm done. Let's pray. Yeah. Y'all come yeah. forward and pray. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gosh, what a beautiful image and a beautiful, yeah. like, not even, I wouldn't even call it a mistake, a beautiful, just happy. No, yeah, no, that's clearly, I mean, I just, you have to believe, I, I mean, I plan and prepare a lot, but you have to believe that God is going to work in the moment. It, God, God's spirit is going to work in there somehow. I mean, you know, you've preached sermons where you've preached and people have come to you and go, God just spoke to me and said, I'm like, I didn't say that. That was yeah. not in my sermon. You heard that, but I didn't say it. And that's how God, we just have to believe God works that way. There's another time where we were preaching and we got some kids that come to our church. They're in, they're in, they're in a, and they're incarcerated with, from drug or alcohol or sexual trafficking issues. Um, and they're part of a program that we've worked out through a ministry in our church that they come to worship uh, thing with, I mean, it's kind of fun. They have their guards, their guards are not dressed in guard uniforms, but we all know who they are and incorporating the life of the church. But they don't have a church background, so they don't know the rules. Mm-hmm. And one Sunday I was preaching, I was preaching on um, God remembers your sin no more. And this one girl, her hands up and she's, and she's like, and I'm like, yeah, her name was heaven. Literally her name was heaven. And I'm like, heaven, what do you have a question? She goes, yeah, you're saying God remembers my sins no more. I'm like, right. Totally. God remembers your sins no more. She goes, well, if God doesn't remember my sins, why is there a judgment day? Wow. I'm going to tell you, I was a backpedaling pastor. I was trying to get out of that. I was like, holy crap. I mean, I don't know what to say in this yeah. moment. And just in a sheer moment of brilliance that God did, I just grabbed a chair and pulled it over and sat next to her and went, all right, y'all listen, heaven and I are going to talk here for a second. Y'all can listen in if you want to. And we had this conversation where I got her to say that the problem, that judgment day is God saying, hey, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And us going, no, no, I screwed up here. I screwed up here. I screwed up here because God doesn't remember our sins. We do. And Judgment Day may be more of us holding ourselves accountable and God's grace and forgiveness pouring over us. And people still talk about that and what a powerful moment that was. And I'm like, yeah, it's totally unscripted, totally unplanned. We just went in the moment kind of thing. Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. Oh, I'm just imagining you just, hey, I have all this stuff I want to say. But no, no, this happened, and we're just gonna. I'm gonna right. sit down. Right. You got. You got. You pay attention to the moment God's moving. Yeah. Oh, but you. But it takes you all of the prep work. Like, yeah, yeah. I know where I want to go, but right. I'm free to. I'm the only one that knows what I wrote. Oh, I guess right. my my preaching team does too. But yeah, I yeah. Mean, there have been some moments they say, "Well, you didn't go down this route." I'm like, didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm imagining you are having this conversation with heaven. And just how beautiful the congregation would respond to that. Yeah. And just the difference and the and the love that you show. Yeah. It, your preaching allows you to move off script. Mm-hmm. And I, oh gosh, I, that might be like a, I don't know if you can make a sermon. You, you can't make a sermon like that. You just, you no, can't. No, you couldn't. I couldn't have played. If you'd have planned that, it'd have been fake. Yeah. It yeah. would come oh. across as disingenuous or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. 
Well, Scott, is there anything else you'd want to say? I know you've got your two your two points here. Um, I already said it. I don't know. Okay. What, I don't can't remember, I can't remember what the other questions were. Well, I, I've got one quick one. One quick right. one. Um, There's nothing quick with me, Will. I'm mean, just like, yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I, heard, I heard Mike Lazinski say, you know, when I preach in 17 minutes, I'm like, hell, I ain't ran. I ain't rounded first base by the time I got. To... Hey, how long is a normal sermon for you? Depends on who you ask. Okay. <laughs> me somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes okay. my worst person goes that is a lie they are always 20 to 25 25 to 30 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah usually and i will say that yeah, I, I sit on the board of ministry um we am the chair of proclamation for the board and people are always asking how long should my sermon be and my, we, my answer is this i've listened to some 15 minute sermons that were phenomenal and i've heard some 15 minute sermons that needed a lot more Mm-hmm. And I've heard some 30 minute sermons that Jesus wondered what happened 15 minutes ago. Uh, and some, and I've heard, I heard, I heard Max Lucado one time preach and he went for like 70 minutes and it was mesmerizing the whole time through. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's about the timing. It's about the content and right, the, the right. pre and the person that's preaching. If they're there, right. Uh, right. Yeah. If, if, if if you're engaging and people are being moved by what's being said and what's being heard and how the spirit's working, nobody's paying attention to their clock. Yeah, no, no. But if you suck, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for lunch. <laughs> yeah. All right. So maybe one, one more quick question. One question. Uh, so what has been one book in the last year uh, that has really touched you? That's really helped you in your preaching, your leadership. What's one book that you would say, "Hey, this is the the one book that's really meant a lot to me." Um, no, that's a great question. I, I think one of the reasons that I, I can I can go in the moment is is actually I'm I'm an avid reader. Um, I mean, I read a lot. It's good for me and easy for me. Um, you know, I think being a good preacher means I have to be developing my own spirituality, my own faith. You can't give what you ain't got. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the best books I've read this year, oh, sitting right there, is um, The uh, Soul Slow Ripening by Christine Vink, uh, Painter's Valter. Is that how you say her name? How do you say her name? Christine Valter's Paintner. Um, she's a kind of a Celtic mystic over in Ireland, and I got all kind of issues with Celtic theology. Mean, I love Celtic theology and all that stuff. But she has 12 practices that she kind of walks you through about deepening your spirituality and, and applying those ha- have been really helpful. Um, I read lots of history books. I'm a big history. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty good. I, I, Roman history, I'm really well versed in, especially from Julius Caesar through the five good emperors, which is important because that's, that's the time of the New Testament. And being able to use some of that stuff has been helpful. I'm reading a book right now on the first empires, Babylon and Assyria. Oh, yeah. And the ending chapter is the Jewish exile. Now, it's written from a guy that's not even close to being Christian. He's a professor at one of the colleges in England, Cambridge or Oxford, I can't remember what. But reading that and then kind of tying it into the historical narrative that goes on in the Bible has been really interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This will be. So you have one, one kind of history knowledge-based piece, and you have one kind of personal spiritual piece yeah generally i'm reading three books at a time in my life one is uh i always kind of like a leadership book something to develop my my own stuff one spiritual books and then one fun book and fun books for me i I do read i mean i love carl hyacin and and and, um uh tim dorsey from florida writers fun stuff but I, i i will read a historical dorky book that my wife is like really 
Um, I'll, I'll read those like they're going out of style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Scott, thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, man, and always sharing listen, your thoughts. And this is, this is at, fun. At some point on this podcast, you got to talk to me because you're a good preacher. I mean, you're not my level, but you're a good preacher. Um, you need to talk about what somebody needs to interview you and hear your story. All right. Well, I'm, I'll take you up on that. Maybe you, you can. And, and I, I don't know if I'd want you to interview me because I know you'd throw some <laughs> random questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some curveballs yeah. but, but now you, it would be good to hear you because i mean you do have a you, you're a good preacher i mean i've watched some of your stuff i, I still remember the one you turned in for the board where you laid down with the one uh, the one that, that was brilliant man it was well done well thank you okay well i'll, I'll take you up on that and i'll i'll try to be in the moment uh learning well, from that'd you. be good that'd be good that you listened to me finally <laughs> awesome scott well thanks and uh we'll talk soon for sure all right, man.